Well, hello, everybody. It is episode 12 of Gaslighting the Warfighter, your favorite informative podcast on all things VA-related and toxic exposure. Welcome back, everybody. Rosie, how you doing? Sorry about that. I was muted. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you. I'm feeling a lot better today. Oh, you're a little under the weather. That's right. That's right. How's uh, It's the allergy season here in Texas. It absolutely is. <laughs> so, if you're not in Texas, be be grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the pollen is like cake down here. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you though. Thank you for having me again, Tim. Absolutely. An honor. So this is our twelfth episode of Gaslighting the Warfighter. We have a lot of news to share with you today. Uh, we've had some great adventures over the last thirty days since, or well, like a couple of weeks since our last conversation. Uh, we've been to North Carolina. We've met some extraordinary people down there. We delivered some letters to Senator Burr. Um, we've seen the VFW and the uh, Wounded Warrior Project uh, stand up their own um, activations, uh, getting people uh, informed on uh, honoring our PACT Act of 2021. Uh, so there's been a lot of activity, a lot of activity. We've seen the VA has come out with nine new presumptions, right, for a total of 12 presumptions in relations to toxic exposure. And um, it's quite exciting. It's quite exciting. And I think, you know, we have a great guest today that uh, we're going to opine a little bit on all these different uh, subjects. Uh, but, you know, uh, before we get uh, into our guest, let's, uh, Rosie, what, what's on your mind? What's, what's shaking in, uh, in the Torres <laughs> family? <laughs> what's shaking? Um, you know, just, there's a lot of anticipation, right, on on how how this. It, there's a lot of angles to the issue, and 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 with the VA, you know, I, I, we received a call from the uh, VA uh, VA White House liaison on Friday, last week, uh, to inform us that they would be rolling out these new presumptions. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, we we still have to continue the effort. You know, mobilize like we've been mobilizing um, with nine senators. So, for us, I think you know we want to remain cautious of of of, of falling into that 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 effort is enough because mm -hmm. to us it's not. Um, I think that um, you know making sure that we deliver uh, with any resistance that's coming from Congress, like we want to make sure that we are organizing our. Uh, legal experts, our, our researchers, our healthcare experts, everyone to bring together all that evidence that has been all the work, right? Like 12 years of work, a decade of work, more than a decade of work. Yeah. Um, but really making sure that we get this bill to the president's desk. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to get comfortable and say that what the VA is doing is enough. I mean, I appreciate the effort. I think we all do. <clears throat> it's the most we've seen. Yep. Um, you know, 12 years ago for us, when we went knocking on doors, no one really cared about the issue. And so to see this momentum, it's awesome, but it's not enough. I still feel like many times they're just slow rolling it. But yeah, that my thoughts right now and, and the feelings that we're feeling here with our team at Burn Pit 360 is that more than ever now is the time to make sure that all our bases are covered and that we really just get everyone involved from our friends, family, you know, anyone and everyone we can think of to really press Congress to do what's right. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. this very important time, Tim. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting time, right? Like we have the, we finally have their attention, 
We have the attention of, of, of the people on the Hill. We have the attention of the bureaucrats in the VA. Uh, we have the attention of the president of the United States, right? Like now is the time. Like let's remove, you know, if we re remove the politics out of this um, from left, right, or center and the paradigms of it all and say, hey, we're, we're just going to come together as, you know, uh, uh, as people and, and, and we're going to make this last push across the finish line. Man, like I think the, you know, for me, you know, are, are, is it... Is what the VA is doing great? No. Is what the VA is doing uh, acceptable? No. I, you know, much like you, I think the, the VA is making an effort. I think the the thing for me, which I, I'm I'm really excited to hear what our guests' opinion on this is, is the you know I think the win that we should really be looking at is the the VA conceding to biological plausibility, right? So now now that we got the the VA taking that step backwards, saying. Hey, you know, there is data that suggests and can point to the fact that these dioxins, these carbons, uh, the exposures to benzenes and all these other, you know, things that we can point to across on uh, OSHA documentation that we can point across into the U.S., you know, um, you know all these other different books and uh, things that are across the, the federal mandated uh, regulations of the United States and businesses. Like these, all these things exist and we can bring it all together and say, this, here's the facts. Now we've got the VA actually on their feet, uh, on their on their heels, and they're looking at this and broadening their their position. So I think that is a, a is a is a win for for the conversation here, right? And and we what we need to do is continue to be bullish and and pushing pushing harder, faster, and more organized, so that you know, we can get you know the you know what we would like to see, right? That total that total win uh, of the bill. So. I think that uh, you know again, you know, it's the VA, it's it's bureau, it's bureaucracy, and it's a slow-moving train. Um, but you know, we certainly have the ball in our court or in our favor at this point. Um, so it's and super. Can exciting. I say that you know something we've been talking about is the most impactful way and and the strategy that we've taken as you know you as an entrepreneur, the foundation, you know, these grassroots. Um, uh, efforts uh, and, and just community in general uh, is going and making these senators uncomfortable in their backyard. Yes, yes. And, right. um, I think John said it best when he said, you know, it's one thing to have a rally on the steps of the Capitol, but it's more impactful when you go to their own backyard and say, hey, we're here. Yep. And their own constituents are are not happy about how things, you know, are, are moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's great, like it's VA and it's Congress. So we're hitting it from both angles. And uh, and I know Bill more than anyone would know what that resistance feels like, what that delay and deny, hope you die kind of, you know, um, uh, barriers that they faced and, and we're facing as well, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um... You know, and real quick before we bring on our guests, you know, we, Rosie and I have built a, you know, a, a bit of a website for you guys out there that are listening. And, you know, what we're, our intent of this website is to, you know, to, to create a place that, you know, creates more information, uh, more education, and a central repository of all the things that are, is going on with Burn Pits 360. Give you guys the tools that you need um, to educate others um, through our lobbying guide that lays out this complex issue in so succinctly 
uh, and that's an easily downloadable document on the on the website in the resources tab, as well as a, uh, a dear colleague letter that we delivered to Senator Burr in North Carolina, and uh, we'll be doing that in many other uh, states across the United States. And we ask you to you know download that PDF, put your name on it, send it to your senator, and let them know that you know this is something that is important to you, and it's important to our community. It's important to the the longevity of the United States. Because again, I will continue to say this: if we do not, much like Washington has said, if uh, the next generation of warfighter is predicated on how we treat the warfighters of today. And we've done a very, very poor job of that going back to Vietnam and how we treated our Vietnam veterans. And they're much in the fight to this day, right? Like, it's it blows my mind that we're still having conversations about Agent Orange. And I think our guest, Bill Dixon, is going to share some things that enlighten me uh, beyond Agent Orange and, and what's happening there. And it is all circulating and all coming to this larger conversation of what our generation of the warfighter needs to be doing to making sure that we are taking care of ourselves and we're not letting the next warfighter have to deal with things as like this. And we need to learn from our mistakes of how we treated the Vietnam veterans. So I want to bring on our guest, um, you know, a very distinguished individual. His name is Bill Dixon, uh, native to North Carolina. He is a Vietnam veteran, uh, served in 1968 in the 10th offensive in uh, there in Vietnam. And uh, now he is a uh, veteran advocate. He joined us in uh, Wilmington and spoke to uh, the crowd there and, uh, about the, the fight that we're in. Uh, so please welcome uh, Bill Dixon to the show. Welcome, Bill. Uh, thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. One of the things I'd like to start out with was uh, one of the things that concerns me is your generation is not getting involved. Uh, now, uh, this is a, this is something that's going to affect them now, later. It could affect their children and their children's children. Uh, reason I'm saying that Agent Orange is just one of the many, uh, rainbow of colors. Uh, there was Agent, there was Agent Green, Pink, Purple, Blue, White, and then Agent Orange, but Agent Orange was a predominant one. Uh, Agent Orange, catch all is affecting Vietnam veterans pretty regularly. Uh, it, but what most people don't realize is that Agent Orange is also affecting, so far we know, five generations of our children. Our children are dying from us being sprayed by the defoliant in Vietnam. Uh, Agent Orange was the one they used, but the defoliants in Vietnam uh, the children in Vietnam are being born all deformed and so forth now from Agent Orange. So my concern is that as your generation of uh, warriors get older and have children, are their children going to be affected by the burn pit stuff? Because y'all had some pretty ratted stuff in, in, in the burn pits. Um, so your generation of soldiers out there, uh, need to get involved because you may find yourself like I am. The VA has recognized that chemical war is a real thing because of the spraying of Agent Orange and the other stuff. Uh, so they are now starting to recognize the uh, implications of uh, the chemicals that are used in, in war. It's not, just, it's not like it was in World War II where they used uh, mustard gas and so forth, but it's the subtle chemicals that were sprayed. Uh, during the Vietnam War, they tried to uh, 
uh, feed the salt the clouds to make it rain more. They did all kinds of strange things uh, to do tests and so forth and never bothered to tell us. Uh, the man who ordered Agent Orange to be sprayed along the riverbanks was uh, Admiral Zumwalt. I don't think he realized that Agent Orange would be, or defoliants would be doing what it does now because he lost his son as a result of spraying Agent Orange. Uh, even though he did say later that he probably saved a lot of lives, he would probably do it again. I don't think he realized just at the time how far uh, it was. Right. Uh, we've had to fight for everything that's out there as far as the chemicals and Agent Orange. We're dying out fast. Uh, yep. There was less than three million of us served in country uh, during that period of time, and from what I just understand, I uh, heard last week, there's only eight hundred fifty thousand of us left because we're dying so fast. I have lost eight friends in, since Christmas from Agent Orange. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is affecting us. Uh, it is affecting our children my children's children, their children's children, and their children's children, and us going to war, being in Vietnam getting sprayed is one thing. But when it starts affecting our children, it's another thing. Right. The VA only recognizes spina bifida as a result of Agent Orange for children. They do have a form that you can fill out that says, I believe my children were affected by my service in, in Vietnam uh, from the defoliants that were that were used. And then down below that, it says this claim will be denied. But we want a list. Just so, like they might someday get around to it, but chances are they won't because uh, they're going to say they don't have any money, which right. is the same reason they're, tr they're trying to fight the PACT Act now. They're saying they, they can't afford it. Right. How much money are we sending to Ukraine? How much money are we sending to countries that don't even like us. They can put that money to save your generation of warriors. That's you know, if you I'll answer whatever questions you got from there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think it's you know, where I want to go back to a bit of the agents uh, used in Vietnam, right? And you know, if we look at the the situations, right? You have you know, in comparison, you know, Agent Orange uh, or the agents, uh, defoliant agents versus toxic exposure, um, you know, burn pits and all the things that are wrapped into that. Um, you know, mostly, you know, you're talking one is a, is a offensive posture, right? They're going after the enemy and uh, reducing its ability to fight uh, through cover and concealment. Uh, and then you have uh, toxic exposure, uh, which is more of a, a logistical type of expo um, condition um, where, you know, it's, probably far more reaching uh, in many respects uh, to the individual because you have a lot of people that uh, were just exposed that may never have even been in forward elements such as, uh, you know, going outside the wire or the set and the other, right? Um, where, you know, so you got two, you got two different situations, but the situation, but it's really all the same in, in response to how, how it's affecting the individuals, right? And, you know, now we've got something, you know, where you've got a DNA-altering substance, chemical, that is being, you know, you're, that the veteran is being exposed to in both circumstances that is now affecting the children and potentially generations down, as we're seeing in the Vietnam veteran, 
Like that is that is terrifying <laughs> to know that the you know the the sins of the father are going to be paid forth five generations. Yes, and we and we have we have no uh, we have no avenue to take care of them. I I do my I do a show called The Lessons of Vietnam online. I recently talked to a young man whose father died from Agent Orange. That young man had five cancers just like his father. Hmm. His son was being operated on that day. His son had five cancers also. So there's three generations right there of, uh, of people and uh, that are all suffering. Not only did they spray, but you also have to remember it went into the water, it went right. into the air. When you spray something in the air, it doesn't just fall down, it spreads out. It went into the water, it went into the food. If you fill if you filled up your canteen from a stream or something out there, you were drinking Agent Orange water or defoliant water, Agent Blue, uh, whatever. Uh, you were drinking that water, so it had a pretty far fetched. Uh, and when the planes were coming back in, uh, like at Benoit Air Base where the planes were kept, they sprayed the Long Bend area to empty their tanks as they landed. Long Bend was the largest military installation in the world at the time. When I was there, it had 55,000 men and women there on Long Bend. So those people who never went outside to wire, most of them got sprayed or affected by it, just like the people who were in the, out in the jungle. Yeah. So uh, they, it pretty, it pretty far ranged in as far as the uh, who it got and so yeah. forth. Uh, I know a, a young a man that would uh, never went outside the wire. It went outside the wire, as you said, or uh, out in the boonies. Uh, he suffers from Agent Orange or, Agent, or one of the foliants. By the way, I'd like to uh, uh, say one more thing real quick while I'm thinking about it. If you are out there and you're going to apply for benefits from the defoliant, do not say I am applying for benefits for Agent Orange. As I mentioned a while ago, there's lots of different agents and how you knew the difference was, was a stripe on the barrel. Other than that, it all looked the same when it came out of the airplane. If they do a blood test and what your blood test shows that you have more affected by Agent Pink, VA will turn down your benefits claim because you asked for Agent Orange and you didn't have Agent Orange. So what you have to do is you apply for defoliants. And when the time comes, I would think that uh, uh, Tim, your generation of warriors are going to need to apply for not burn pits, but chemicals they were exposed to during their time of service. Right, and I, I, think, uh, I think that's very important, right? Um, yeah, because we were talking before the show like mm -hmm. the the VA just came out with the nine the nine uh, identified cancers right mostly uh, respiratory um, you know through the the, the neck uh, trachea lungs you know this that and the other um, but in the PACT Act it's it's more broad right uh, to speak exactly what you're talking about like we we I think there are some there there are some wins that we need to be recognized in saying that we got the the VA to recognize uh, and they're and they're conceding to the biological plausibility of all these things that are happening, but it's also a, a, a layer of protection to your point, Bill, in that if you know 
here's the cancers that they're going to recognize. And if you've got something that is you know, not on this list, then it's denied. If you apply for well, lung cancer and it's not of the, the, the cancers that they're identifying, you're denied. Uh, I'll give you uh, another example. Um, I have peripheral neuropathy from Agent Orange. The, my feet and legs, the nerves don't work. I was moving my office around yesterday and I realized there was blood all over the floor. And I couldn't figure out where, then I saw my toe was bleeding. I never felt it. Uh, but I cannot get benefits, for, even though it's on the list, because I had to apply for benefits a year after I came home, yeah. which was 1969. Agent Orange didn't hurt us back then, so how would I have known? Now, if I was a diabetic or had heart problems, then Agent Orange would kick in. Excuse me, the uh, uh, peripheral neuropathy would kick in and I could get benefits for it. But since I don't have those, so peripheral neuropathy, even though it's on the list, as caveats that uh, keep you from doing it. Also, you'll find that if you fill a, file a claim, you can, well, let's just say you take a claim and you send it to 10 different VA people to look at the claim and decide whether you get benefits or not. That same claim is very well going to be turned down by five. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, they have a very a guideline there, and if the guy has a bad that bad day, he may come in and look at the claim. No, that guy don't need it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how one claim can be turned down by five and, and five to let it go through. Right. Uh, that's a problem the VA has, in, in, and I'm not quite certain how uh, they can rem- remedy that, but it comes down to how the person feels that day that's decided on the claim. And that's something that, uh, again, when the burn pit stuff comes up, uh, it's gonna have to, you're gonna find problems with that too, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Tim, it's important to let, you know, the audience know that um, our, our scientific advisory board has put together a toxic exposure table that lays out all the evidence tied to health effects and targeted organs um, as a result of inhaling the effects of combustion burning, right? right? So you have over a hundred dioxins, Agent Orange being one of them. Um, when you, and I, and this is one question that came up to, to Carrie, I said, how do you get Agent Orange in Iraq? And he said, when you burn all chemicals together, if you look at VA's own regulation, it's listed on there, right? So I think for like, since we're on the topic of claims, go on our Burn Pits 360 website, download that toxic exposure table. Um, and it's it was done by a team of doctors that use the ASDTR website, which is the, you know, the national registry on, on toxins. Um, so when, when you're filing a claim, I mean, it's important that you make sure that you have all that uh, very pertinent information that goes along with with your claim, um, but I think you know the toxic exposure table doesn't just assist you with your claim, but when navigating through the healthcare system of uh, specialized healthcare, um, you really need to present these documents to them. Um, and Bill's right. I mean, you know, we've we've uh, we've operated our own national registry of people affected, and we've had. A few families submit entries of uh, where they where they actually their 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 infant died 
um, to something not genetically related. Um, it had to do with, with, with the exposure. And so that was heart wrenching. So, you know, for those veterans out there that think, uh, you know, that hasn't affected me. I'm not impacted by that. I'm not going to worry about it. Not my problem. You know, the reality is that according to some toxicologists, it could be your problem in 20 years from now. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a heart wrenching thing to have to, to, to come to terms yeah. with, but that's the reality of inhaling um, the dioxins yeah. that you all have been exposed to. 100%. Rosie, you may want to make sure that VA approves that list and gives that out to everybody, all their it, people. Yeah, yeah. Look, Bill, um, the list came from the VA, okay. and we just um, we what we did is we took their own policy and regulation, and we we put it nicely together into a very condensed table so that veterans could use as a resource, and we even sent it over to national. Uh, in Washington uh, to VA to say, hey, look, here's your own policy. Why don't you guys send this out so veterans can use it? And of course, they opted not to because it makes it that much more easier for veterans to to do what they need to do. Um, but yeah, this is, and this is a, the, what's so striking about it, Tim and Bill, is that it's their own re regulation. It's their own internal policy <clears throat> that that was put together for VA adjudicators. It wasn't put yes. together for veterans to use to their benefit. And it was taken from a lot of work done behind the scenes between the Pentagon and the VA and the air samplings that were published, which are very few, right? A lot of them are classified. They won't, they won't um, declassify those, but the ones that were declassified that's where that letter came from. That's where their dioxins were identified from. And it's just us going ahead of the ahead of the game and saying, this generation, they are doctors, lawyers, nurses, I don't know, whatever uh, trade, you know, if, if they if were if they were deployed as reservists or National Guard, a lot of those people coming back are impacted and then they're just using their their expertise to create something that makes it easier for this generation to not be told to go away. So yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah. And know. I think that's, you know, uh, you know, a, a great, a great uh, observation there. And, and, and Bill, maybe, maybe, you know, this is a great time to talk about like, you know, this generation of the warfighter needs to get involved, you know, and, you know, I think you know, Rosie has said that they're getting involved in different ways, but you know, what, what would, uh, what advice would you give from, you know, somebody that's been in this fight for, you know, we are talking 38 plus years, you know, for, well, for the warfighter today to, to say, hey, you know, yeah. here's some things that you yeah. should be doing. Tim, we, we talked a little bit before about it's uh, import, important that the today's warfighter get involved. I'll give you an example. When you know, I saw Rosie in Wilmington, I have a service dog. People ask me why I have a service dog. It's so that they may live. I have anger issues. My service dog helps me with that. For many, many years, we could not even tell anybody we were Vietnam vets. Okay. I am, I have now suffered from post-traumatic stress, depression. I go to a group meeting every week. In that group, almost everybody in there is Vietnam veterans. We came home, we went to work, we had families, and now we are getting old and retiring. 
Now those nightmares and ailments are coming in and attacking us. Uh, that's one of the things my dog does. He wakes me up before I have nightmares most of the time. Right now, if you look at the suicide rate, Vietnam veterans are probably on the top. All these years, and all of a sudden, as we slow down and start to, the time we retire and enjoy life, we're, all this stuff is coming back at us now. So you can't wait, guys uh, and girls out there. Uh, you need to get involved now to make sure that you and your family are protected. Get the benefits you serve, you, you paid the price, make sure they give you what you have coming and that you are aware of the potential of being like the Vietnam veterans today, coming out with these post-traumatic stress now rather than 30 years ago. Right. It's attacking us now. All these years we went without it. Now we're having that problem. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we have to, we, we in this community need to understand, you know, as much as, as the things we've done, we're not, we're not as, we're not superheroes, right? We're, um, we, like, toxic exposure, the, 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 uh, the, the, the things that are coming into the warfighter's life now are, are generally happening 15 years later. Right, that is the latency period of this, right? Um, for Vietnam veterans, it was 20, 25 years before they started seeing it, unless they were predisposed to certain things that would bring that uh, condition forward, right? Very similar, very similar here, right? Um, well, myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing th some things, you know, that I, you know, I can only believe uh, go back to my time in Iraq, right? And living right next to a burn pit that was, you know, 20 feet high and burning forever. Um, Tim, it's very important when you do something that you wear something that that people can recognize you are a veteran. They will listen to the veterans if there's enough of us, but you yeah. can't go up there going, I need this and so forth. But if you go up there as a group with wearing a hat, I know y'all don't wear hats. I didn't for years either. I wear my uh, Vietnam veteran hat because it gives me an opportunity to meet other Vietnam veterans. We have a conversation. Yes. Uh, so I always, when I'm out, I always wear my hat because I always meet some guy that I that I'm just amazed at uh, what he went through and even survived. You got to be able to be identified. I'll give you an example in North Carolina. Several years ago, the teachers got together. They all came to Raleigh wearing red T-shirts. They got what they were looking for. Later, one of our uh, a lobbyist uh, who's a veteran. Uh, asked the legislator why it was so hard for us. And he said, well, y'all don't wear, wear T-shirts. They got to know that you're a veteran. You got to show them when you go as a group that you are a, a veteran and you speak for a lot of veterans because they mm -hmm. like numbers. So whenever you go out to do something, uh, be sure that people can recognize you as a veteran. Yeah. Because they will listen. That we are we are a big group in this country, because we've always had wars, uh, and we don't work together, which I don't understand. Yes. But when you go <laughs> to get something from from Congress or anybody else, uh, make sure you represent a group, uh, of a large group that vote. Yeah. 
And it's a great point. And it's a respected group, right? You know, to the point of when you see a Vietnam veteran wearing the, you know, the, uh, the red, the red piss cover, you're going to stop and you're going to talk or you at least acknowledge that individual, right? Because we, we, we've been conditioned as a society to write, to, to, uh, be different uh, than what it was when they when the Vietnam veterans first came home. So we go out of our way to have those conversations. Now the veteran is now respected within this, within this country and has a voice, very small, but it has a voice. If we organize ourselves and we get to and and, and we bring ourselves together and we say we're all going to march towards the, the this idea of toxic exposure and making sure that our community will never have to experience this again in the future because we're setting the conditions for for success. My God, like. The things that we can do, and you know, I think you you nailed it on the head. Is like we are a very large uh, cohort of people, right? Um, and but we don't we don't we don't know how to organize, and we're always running in opposite directions. <laughs> and it, it seems to be going back, uh, you know, to the Vietnam period and beyond. I'm sure. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, now, considering the where we are today, um, you know, and, and what the PACT Act provides for the Vietnam veteran uh, by acknowledging uh, Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos, um, what, what, are you, how, what are your feelings and what are the feelings of the Vietnam veteran uh, when it comes to the, VAC, the PACT Act and, 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 again, you know, opening and expanding the health care for more of the Vietnam, uh, Vietnam veterans that have been left behind for nearly six decades? Uh, very happy that when it get, once it gets passed, uh, it's like the people, the, the people who served in Laos and Cambodia, uh, get, get no recognition whatsoever. Uh, they wouldn't, they, they, we weren't even in Cambodia and Laos, right. according to the United States government, even though there was, we, we had advisors in there, uh, who were dying and also getting sprayed because they did spray on the Ho Chi Minh Trail, which went through. Uh, so they were affected. Those of us who were in Vietnam itself, uh, the PAC Act also has coverage for us. Uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of the things that uh, soldiers had to do, uh, not to get gross, but uh, somebody had to take care of the human waste and it was burned. Mm -hmm. And somebody had to stand there and breathe the fumes of that, plus the diesel fuel and stuff. Uh, the when uh, and all that stuff that the, when you were in Vietnam, everybody's story is different. But I can tell you, all Vietnam vets have the same same thought. When that plane door opened and the heat, humidity, and the smells came in, it was unbelievable. I grew up in North Carolina. I thought I was used to heat uh, heat and humidity, but uh, I won't used to that. The <laughs> smells were unique. Yeah. A lot of those smells came from diesel fuel everywhere. Uh, the human waste burning, uh, all of that is actually covered in the PACT Act yeah. and some other things. So uh, there's some um, stuff that had been ignored for a while. Absolutely. So the Vietnam veterans are very uh, interested in getting it pa passed, not only for ourselves, but for you, our, our, our children, uh, your generation, yeah. and so and, forth. It's and that's we leave that legacy of support for y'all yeah and that's the thing I, I i'm a little disappointed in our community of the of the current warfighter right is you know i'm 44 years old right um i grew up 
with my father's generation was the, the Vietnam generation, right? And I grew up watching my dad's friends that had served in Vietnam slowly die over the years, right? But I still joined the military because I knew it was the right thing to do, regardless of knowing, um, you know, that the, the government was involved in killing people because of the, the, the agents they were spraying, right? Directly or indirectly, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, that most of my story is not any different from majority of the people that served at, in my age group and, and before us. It's like, well, how, you know, guys, we, we watch this. Like, where are you? Why are you not getting involved? Why, are you, why is your voice not being added into this conversation and saying, you know, hey, we need to lock arms here because we watched this happen to our fathers. Now it's happening to us. And, you know, I have a 17-year-old son that joins, that's leaving for Naval Boot Camp on, in June. Right, I don't want to see this happen to him or or anybody behind behind him. Like, what are we doing? Well, there's uh, uh, seventy over seventy five percent of the Vietnam veterans out there say they'd do it again. Yep. Uh, I joined the military. Uh, I didn't wait to get drafted. I joined the military. Uh, so we are we are out there, and even though we know all the things that are going on and so forth and the as rosa said deny deny until we die uh attitude of, of what va who seems to be doing a little bit better out there uh we do, we do all still do it again and i imagine there's a quite a bit quite a bit of your generation who would do the same thing yep uh, but you be, need to be aware of and, and get together as a group and fight to make sure these elements that are going to come on a few years from now, from now for you, because they're coming, yes. that you're out there and as a group to support each other and to uh, get the uh, acts, packs, whatever out there, get them passed for your benefits, but also get together uh, as a strong group to support your brother. Because if when those bad dreams come along, it sure is nice to have a veteran to talk to. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know, I, I think you made a great point here. Um, it's you know, it's on the horizon. It's coming, right? You know, I can speak from experience. You know, I have three very close individuals that I went to Iraq with of my of my same battalion have died from uh, this very circumstance. I'm you know, I've got my own issues that I'm I'm, I'm dealing with now, and um, you know. That's just one reserve battalion that, that spent, you know, seven months in Iraq during 0405. You know, how many other uh, battalions, how many other regiments, how many other divisions, how many other uh, air wings and all across all the, the spectrum, right? You, you start thinking about that, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it's not, the degrees of separation is less than two here. <laughs> I believe when you were in Wilmington, you had Rosie. You had a list of of, of congressmen or senators uh, had voted against the bill. Uh, that need that all 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 of us, all veterans, need to find out who they are and get on the phone and call them, send them uh, send them a text, uh, email. They make they will read an email and get them to pass it, get behind it as a group. We need to get behind the pack and get it passed so it doesn't die in the Senate. Yes. We need to know who they are so we can get on them and uh, put some heat on them as a group. And it has to be done as a group. 
everybody get out there and let them know that you're a veteran and we need to get this this pack passed so we can get something other stuff down the road as you need it absolutely absolutely well ladies and gentlemen um i hope you have enjoyed today's podcast episode 12 of gaslighting the warfighter um you know, check out uh, gaslightingthewarfighter.com. Uh, we will continue to put up information and resources for you all there. Uh, check out burnpits360.org uh, for you know, additional information and the, and the great work that Rosie and the team are doing uh, in, in regard to uh, the legislation. Um, Bill Dixon, I want to say thank you, sir. One, thank you for being an incredible uh, example of, 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 you know, determination, grit, um, and, and staying in the fight, uh, even though knowing that the, the, the cards are stacked against you. Uh, you. You're a fine example of, of, of great veterans and the work that you've done in North Carolina. You've got a, a, an esteemed background, and uh, I'm, I'm very uh, honored to, to be in your presence, sir. Listen, I'm honored to be on the show and to meet y'all and to have an opportunity to uh, say my part uh because i'm disappointed with the veterans organizations who didn't want us to start with even now they're not really uh getting out there and helping your generation and we need we need those organizations to step up and go okay we want to help you let's go do what we need to do so i appreciate this opportunity and uh hope everybody out there has a great remainder of the day thank you bill thank you rosie any any last words from you no, I mean, just like you said uh, earlier, uh, let's just make sure to uh, reach out to anyone that you know and just share all those graphics that we're pushing out on Honor the PACT Act. I mean, it's either, uh, you know, we just sit back and stall or, or we press them hard. And, and it's just so important that, you know, people pick up the phone. Um, we're planning a, a national, uh, you know, call to action like day of advocacy where people could just call, call, call. Uh, but we'll, we'll have more information, Tim, on that here uh, in the upcoming you know, week, next week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, that will be it for us today on episode 12 of Gaslighting the Warfighter. I want to thank all, all for joining us again, and thank you all for sharing this information. Um, again, you know, you don't know who might be benefic- benefiting from the information, so just make sure you're pushing it out there. This is uh, quality, quality stuff, and very important. And again, uh, if you're a veteran, you know, Let's, uh, let's find ways of, of spreading this word and, and locking arms because uh, we need to show them that we're not going to put up with this now or forever in the future. Um, with that being said, we'll see you all again very soon. Enjoy your day. Be kind to one another. Semper Fi.